I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here. In the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. This is also an interesting story and one that I confess I'd not paid attention to until... My guest, Eric Wemple, who is the media critic, wrote about it for The Washington Post, headlined Project Veritas, Ashley Biden and the First Amendment. This is Eric Wemple. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me on, Michael. I really appreciate it. So it's it's a little it's a little fact intensive. It's important, I think, for people to understand. Ashley Biden is the president's daughter. She kept a diary. That diary was in Florida. Can you help me explain? Yes, I'd be happy to help you explain. I'll try to go through the fundamentals here. So Ashley Biden was living in a residence in Florida, South Florida, um, around, you know, uh, around 2016, you know, sort of like the spring of 2016. She was leaving this particular residence and she left behind a lot of belongings or several belongings and that included the diary. I believe there's some clothes and other personal effects involved. She left them in a home. Then someone else came into that home and occupied her space, found the stuff, and decided that the diary had some value. Um, So she tried to sell it to uh, a representative of Trump world, sort of like a Trump uh, donor or Trump campaign representative. And they said, no, 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 this has to be done some other way. So then they brought it to Project Veritas through a proxy. And Project Veritas, as you may know, is a sting undercover um, organization that tries to expose bias in left wing institutions, the media, so on and so forth. Um, so they bring it to Project Veritas. Project Veritas negotiates to buy the rights to the diary, to buy the diary itself. Um, they meet in New York. Project Veritas paid for this woman who went to, the, who found this diary, paid for her to travel to New York along with a friend of hers, and they paid for the diary. And then they, Project Veritas was concerned about authenticating the diary. So they asked whether they were told that there were more things of Ashley Biden's in the house. So Project Veritas at that point says, can you get more stuff, more of her stuff, so that we can try to authenticate this diary? They thought it might be helpful to authenticate it because, you know, if someone out of the blue tells you I have Ashley Biden's diary, why would you ever believe that person, right? Could be a fake, could be something, you know, um, a complete uh, counterfeit. So, um so that's where it ended up. Project Veritas never got the diary, paid for it, paid $40,000 to these people for, for these things. Uh, they never published Ashley Biden's diary because apparently they had concerns about its authenticity. Another right-wing news site, the National File, somehow got a hold of the diary. It was somehow leaked from Project Veritas or somehow a National File got this uh, document. They did publish it, but Project Veritas never did. 
Then last November, federal agents, FBI, conducted a search on James O'Keefe's house, his residence in Mamaroneck, New York. James O'Keefe is the founder of Project Veritas and, you know, sort of like the, um, the front man for the, for the organization. And then the latest step in this that was the, the sort of predicate for my writing about it was that last week two people pleaded guilty um, the people who found the diary and, and sold it to Project Veritas plead guilty to conspiracy uh, to to traffic in stolen property. No and charges. So question, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Frame the question. So the question is, did Project Veritas commit a crime in paying for this material or are they protected by the First Amendment because they were doing news gathering and were not involved? in the crime. So as you may know, you're a lawyer. We at First Amendment organizations like newspapers and TV stations, we can receive property. We can receive items like documents and so on and so forth that were stolen previously, right? So like we can, we can do that. We, like if some whistleblower in the national security realm, you know, um, steals a document or, 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 or gives it illegally, um, or, you know, procures it illegally, if we at news organizations receive that passively, we have clean hands, and if it's in the public interest, we not only can publish it legally, but we're, like, bound to publish it. It's our duty, if you understand what I'm saying. And the question here is whether the First Amendment protects what Project Veritas did here. So that is teeing up the question. I hope it didn't take too long. No, no, that's perfect. So no charges have been filed as of this moment against Project Veritas. Correct. Right. And, the, the, the only charges that were filed, there was guilty pleas toward the people who, who got the diary and sold it to Project Veritas. And, and you've correctly pointed out that there's there's nothing there's nothing improper, there's nothing illegal about a media outlet being the recipient of information that was stolen and publishing it nonetheless. How about a media right. outlet? Happens that all the time. Happens all the time. Okay. And does it not also happen all the time, albeit not with the Washington Post, I'm thinking of tabloids, of paying for stories? Yes. Paying, paying doesn't, in my view or in anybody's view, change the First Amendment protection uh, at, at, uh, at, the issue, at issue here. You can pay for information... That's an ethical consideration, in my view, not a legal consideration, if you know what I'm saying. So you you wrote in the Post, quote, the next part is critical. An employee of Project Veritas, according to the government's filing, then asked, quote unquote, Harris and Kurlander to return to the residence, quote, so that they could obtain and provide more of Ashley Biden's belongings, a step that the government says Project Veritas took in part to authenticate the diary. Why is that of such significance? Okay, good question. Now we're getting really to the to the nub of this. Okay, so the first round when they when these two people in Florida travel to New York to meet with Project Veritas, they're bringing the diary and some family photos and a thumb drive, I believe. So they're bringing that material, and they give it to Project Veritas in return for money. It seems like Project Veritas, from a First Amendment standpoint, has clean hands on that transaction because they were not involved in either encouraging or advising these people on stealing the diary or taking the diary. Um, that had already happened, right? But now they're in New York and they're talking about it. And Project Veritas apparently said, can you get more stuff? 
And it's unclear whether Project Veritas really knew that this stuff was being stolen. There, there, there's something in one of the Project Veritas' filings that says that they were told by these two people that, it, that, that Ashley Biden had abandoned this stuff so that they weren't really stealing it. But, you know, do you really believe that? I don't know. But anyhow, the point is that the, there's a second round of procurement here, right? The first round was the, the diary and the digital stuff, the, the, the photos. The second round was some other personal effects. And that second round is problematic, I think, for Project Veritas because they sort of instruct them. Now Project Veritas is sort of, quote, unquote, in on it. If, in on if it, you right. want to use that. Right. Yeah, in and other words, initially, in this, initially when it comes to them, they've not participated in any illegal act. They might be the beneficiary of someone else's criminal conduct. But by by then saying, hey, can you go back and take another look, try and obtain, et cetera, et cetera, now they're in on it. At least that's one argument. That's an argument, right? It's not my, right, it's neither your nor my conclusion, but that would be, I think, the argument if the Justice Department did bring charges against Project Veritas, that would be the theory, right? That would be the allegation. I remember, uh, I remember hearing years ago, Frederick Vopper, very controversial, yep. Northeast Pennsylvania, a talk radio host, uh, so, sort of from that classic playbook. Who was he as it relates to this? Great question. So Frederick Popper, as you say, controversial um, uh, talk radio host, he was involved in covering a really nasty union dispute in his region back in, I forgot exactly when it was, I think it was early 90s or something. Anyway, so he, he was covering this whole thing, and someone out there in the union world or someone, uh, some, 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 muck, some, some, you know, muckraker, made an illegal recording of union people talking about doing some real strong-arm tactics in this union fight, and they dropped the tape on uh, Vopper. They just sort of gave it to him. Vopper, it sort of fell from the sky uh, for Vopper, and Vopper played the tape. Um, You know, he thought it was newsworthy, and Vopper played the tape, and he got sued, and the Supreme Court ruled that his hands were clean, and that he he had a, a great First Amendment defense because he used newsworthy uh, material that he did not participate in any illegal act to procure. Um, so the, the Supreme Court came down squarely in, in, you know, in, in favor of journalism and the First Amendment by saying, if, it, you know, if, if the news organization does not participate in the illegal conspiracy, then they can use this material. And as you know, whether it's the, the WikiLeaks dump or, you know, the, the North Korea dump, um, you know, there's all the time that people are hacking material and putting it on the web for news organizations to report on. That's a, initially a legal act, but, you know, news organizations are not participating in that. Um, so so that's, the Vopper, that's the Vopper sort of um, uh, Supreme Court precedent, and it's a really important one. Um, and it seems as though Project Veritas is eligible for those uh, VOPR protections, for those Bartnicki uh, protections, at least as regards the first round of this. It's really unclear what about the second round, um, uh, what the Justice Department will do with respect to that. What I would point out, um, uh, Michael, is that it's really anomalous because I think a real news organization, I don't consider Project Veritas a real news organization. They use undercover tactics. 
They do things that do not strike me as journalism. Sometimes they're, they veer into journalism. I don't want to be too blanket about it. But what I will say is that they, in that second round, were asking for apparently things of Ashley Biden's, like maybe, I don't know what they were, but I don't think that that's a journalistic act, right? Like if you were a real journalist, you wouldn't like say, hey, get me like Ashley Biden's belongings. Like, you know, who would do that? Do you understand what I'm saying there? It's like, I do. I, I mean, I think that the... I think there's a very interesting issue at the heart of this in terms of the the guardrails or the boundaries for I'm I'm going to regard them as a media outlet for the purpose of of just framing right, this. That's right. So that's what yeah. attracts me to this and that's why when you wrote this it made me think of the case for the first time uh in a broader sense. I think there's a tendency to to people to pick sides based on immediately hearing Ashley Biden or Project right. Veritas. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. I mean, I could change right. these facts. I could say if Ivanka Trump kept a diary and it dropped on the lap of Eric Wemple at the Washington Post, could he run with it and publish it? Yes. Could he even pay for it? Post probably wouldn't let him do it. But yes, theoretically, he could do it. The issue is if Eric Wemple now says, oh, you got me. Ivanka Trump's diary. Could you also go back and get me her her accounting ledger? I don't know. Now you're participating. Now you're in on it. That's the issue. That is the issue. And it's really it's unclear exactly what I don't I'm not sure exactly what they they got in that second round. I think that the the Justice Department document is a little bit um, it's a little bit, uh, you know, sort of unclear about that matter. But what I would say is that um, it strikes me maybe just in my analytic, um, uh, just by analysis here, it strikes me that the Justice Department, if they did go after Project Veritas criminally on this, might be something of a stretch. You know, I mean, like, so so we're talking about some meaningless, possibly worthless items that they went back for. Um, and they're really going to do a federal prosecution. What does it strike you as? Like, do you, do you think that, the, that that is worth um, their while? Well, that's a really interesting question in a broader sense. People are asking the same thing about Mar-a-Lago. You know, like, where's this headed, and is it really worth their while if it's documents? Hey, Eric, can I ask you one other question you may or may not know the answer sure. to? It's just, it's just kind of odd that something so personal, so 
potentially valuable to an individual, not financially valuable, but valuable to a, a person's identity, right. would be left behind. Was this like a roommate situation? In other words, she, it's not as if she, she had a rental or a condo or left something That's in a correct. crawl space and forgot about it. What do we know about the underlying facts? That's a great question. The, the, my understanding is that this particular residence, this particular accommodation was a place where people who were just coming out of uh, rehab uh, oh. uh, uh, landed to sort of make a, a transition. And so this was a place that was, that there was a lot of sort of turnover there. And so I think that that is the context for which, you know, you have these roommates coming in and out and people leaving stuff behind. It does seem really, really strange that she would leave a diary. I mean, I could see clothing, I could see other things, um, but uh, for Christ's sake, yeah, the, the journal, uh, the diary is, is, is really a precious item. Uh, especially knowing that she is, is the president's daughter. But that also, um, I must say, that also impacts my thinking. I, I, it doesn't really change the legal parameter for Project Veritas, but I, I just think it's gross that someone would take, whether it's the daughter of a president or anybody, just someone in a, in a, a rehab situation and want to use their personal story for their own advantage is just, that's horrible. That's the worst part of the whole story. Right. So I think that it was I think that it was it was proper and right that these people were pursued by the federal authorities. Um, you know, another question is, you know, should the should the FBI have um, have conducted an invasive search on uh, James O'Keefe's residence? I mean, right. The project Project Veritas argues that you know this was a an overreach that this was an well, he didn't even run it. He didn't even he didn't even run the story. He did not run the story. That's correct. He yeah. did not run the story. But right. it's, 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 clear, it's clear that they had some serious misgivings about Project Veritas' role in this whole thing. And to some extent, the charging documents from this latest round, um, you know, to some extent, they corroborate that, right? Like, because they were, um, they were aware, or, or Project Veritas was, the second round is important, right? Like, it, it is material. Hey, Eric, a final final point before a caller calls and raises it. I guess people will say, well, this is kind of similar to Hunter's laptop, isn't it? He leaves the laptop behind. Now that guy has the laptop. He says he takes it to the FBI. They're not interested. Now he can bring it to, say, the New York Post, and there's nothing that precludes the New York Post from running it or even paying for it, as long as they're not well, in on correct. it. That's correct. That's correct. The New York Post and other news organizations um, that looked at that. Um, this is the same the same idea. I mean, I don't. They 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 weren't involved in uh, you know sort of scheming with a, a computer repair shop to uh, separate Hunter Biden from his property, right? They they were utterly passive recipients of that information. There is no question whatsoever that that was legal. But if but in in your in your uh, in your parameters, and I agree with it. If the New York Post said to that shop owner, hey. You know what? Go call Hunter and get him to do X, Y. Now they're in on it. Now they're in on it. Right. Now, now they're in on it. You know, it. That's the standard. Now they're in on it. The standard that's is, were you in on it? <laughs> that's the standard. But <laughs> right. I think it makes sense. Right. Eric, right. thank you so much. That's a fascinating issue, and we appreciate your briefing. I really appreciate your calling me in to talk about such a difficult and complex story. I really appreciate it. That's Eric Wemple, ladies and gentlemen. He's the media critic for The Washington Post. So, so there you go. Yeah. This 
is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. When I was paying attention superficially, mm-hmm. it was one of, how could she be so stupid to leave behind a diary? And I envisioned, like, she's in a rental, and now she moves out, and I don't know, you know, Trump-style, packing shit up at the last minute, she leaves behind, of all things, the diary. The diary was in the crawl space. Oh, my God. No, that's not what I'm hearing. So I, I was looking it up because I, like you, was thinking, how on earth did yeah, that happen? Yeah. I, there's a New York Times piece that came out at the as this was all developing, and it said this, Ms. Biden had left the diary at a friend's home where she had been staying in Delray Beach, Florida in 2020 and planned to return to retrieve it that year, according to interviews and court documents. After Ms. Biden left, her friend allowed Ms. Harris, who was in a bitter custody dispute and struggling financially, to stay at the home. Ms. Harris learned that Ms. Biden had been living there and found her belongings belongings, including the diary, in August. She told Mr. Kurlander, who texted her that day, that they could make a lot of money from the diary and family photos she had also found among Ms. Biden's belongings. Gross. Mr. Kurlander, the New York Times has reported, then informed a Trump supporter and fundraiser, Elizabeth Fago, and it went from there. Okay, you're a crumb. Did, did she have issues? I, 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 I guess. I didn't know that. I don't know I didn't either. know that either. Yeah. Okay, but that's gross. It's gross. That's gross. It's gross. But now we've learned some things, haven't we? The standard well, I, is. I did not know that was the standard. I think that's a pretty damn thin line. If you're, right? well, it's hard. Like in a case like this, hey, can you go back and verify or whatever? You know, are you now in on it? Are you now in on it? Glenn, greetings in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, what are you thinking after listening to that conversation? Hey, Michael. Uh, I was in rehab a year and a half ago, and we were highly encouraged to uh, journal our time while we were there. Other than that, I've never journaled in my life. So as I listened, I think the reason it might have laissez-faire got left behind or misplaced is because it was nothing more than her time in rehab that she left behind at this sober living facility. So I think when it was offered up to Trump and the other agency, they were kind of like, okay, what is it? And it's, well, her time in rehab. And they're like, yeah, no big deal. And I think that's there was nothing in there about daddy issues and things like that. So can we give, can we give a, some... Can we give some credit to the Trump campaign for not taking the bait? Well, no, because had there been daddy issues in there, they would have jumped all over it. You know them. But it's like, okay, day one, I did this. Day 10, they're like, yeah, no, not too interesting. And it doesn't implicate the president in anything. What could be, what could be What could be more of a violation of a person's privacy than going through a rough period, charting it, 
and having someone take it for their own purpose. That's as low. Yeah. That is as low as it could possibly be. I'll be honest. Uh, if someone got a hold of mine, I wouldn't lose an iota of sleep. But that's just Why? me because again, it was because there was. When you're in rehab, you can talk about daddy issues and molestation and all that stuff that comes up, which led you to use that, and that's why you're there. But yeah. when I was journaling, there was none of that type of sharing. It was just like day four, ah, feeling better, you know, getting my feet under me. I hate the guy next to me. Uh, the counselor's kind of funny, blah, blah, blah. Uh, miss my wife. Stuff like I get that. It. I, I get it, but if if... if the former got carried over into the latter. And if you shared any of those other issues yeah, viewed in the context of rehab, it would be probably the norm, but all of a sudden stepping into a different environment and people are going to make a big fuss over it. So anyway, I hope you're on, I hope you're on, I hope you're on your feet and that the rehab was, was a positive experience. Thank you. It was all as well. Good. Nice. Yeah. Do you journal? Do I journal? Um, Yes. I feel like every once in a while I see some sort of journal over there. No. Never brought it in here. We could never run the risk that you would keystroke it. Oh, uh, I got you all covered. No worries. Yeah. So no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you write? No. So, are you, no, so no, this, no, does that no, mean no, it's no, deeply no. personal? Well, now I'm going to run the risk that somebody's going to steal it and send it to Project Veritas. No one's so. going to steal it. It's at your house. Yeah, well. In a safe. What, what if all of a sudden. Guarded by dogs. What if, what if I move out and Ashley Biden moves in and somebody else then okay, moves in? Okay, but what you're, you just said, you just gave yourself away because you said you're not going to bring it in here because you think I'm going to look at it because exactly. clearly I would. Correct. Okay, so yep. it is personal then. Yes. Oh, that's interesting to me. That is, does not fit what, like, no. I would never have thought no. that about what you. What else would you like to know? What no, I'm just curious. Like How often do you write, Ned? Do I write? Well, wait, wait, let's hold on. What, what, what are you asking me? I'm asking you if you journal and how often Do you I journal. journal. I don't know that I do you journal. write in a diary. Do you write in a journal? I don't write in a diary. Oh, Lord. OK. Do you write do in I, a journal? Do I, do I need do... to ask the magic question? Yes, you do. I, I record thoughts. I'm like Jack Handy, deep thoughts. I record thoughts. You record deep thoughts. I record thoughts and I try and I, I, OK, I'll tell you. I don't even know why I'm being cagey about this. I will chart different goals and thoughts at different times not according really healthy not according to any particular schedule good yeah. i like it all right surprising Do i gotta you? ponder this not at all not at all not at all mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe mm. i should start mm. i have a note that i have a journal i have a book that i write down ideas for tc after dark but that doesn't count well sure it does that's the sort of thing i also have i i that's I, different that's for professional example, well my you didn't ask that question in my I said, in my deeply book, personal Part of it is, but See? part of it is also what do I want to accomplish at Sirius XM in 2022? Oh. You know? Mm. Dear Diary, today we had a highlights-like feature in the Smirconish.com newsletter. In one of our news stories, we had a photograph attached to it and wondered how many people will realize who this is and why he or she appears in today's newsletter. Dear Diary. Is that all you're going to say about that topic? That is all I'm going to say about that topic That was for rather now. shocking as I was scanning. For now. <laughs> hi, David. You're in North Carolina. Greetings. What did you want to say? Yeah. Uh, hi, Michael. I'm hi. old enough to remember when ABC News did a sting on Food Lion. Uh, they took in hidden cameras. They got in deceptively. 
Uh, they used a, uh, one of the people that worked for him to get a job at Food Line. So, you know, for Eric Wimple to say that uh, Project Veritas is doing unethical things, where do you think he got the idea? Well, he was... I mean, I don't know if if, if you've got a, uh, you know, a blank on for, for Eric. Eric was laying out the standard by which journalists can and cannot operate. They can't okay, be involved fine. in un, they can't be involved in underlying criminal conduct. They can be the beneficiary of someone else's criminal conduct. That that was the whole you know, purpose of the conversation. Now, you're 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 not I don't think you're getting my point. He made a little snide comment about he made a little snide comment yep. about project veritas using deception and using hidden video cameras to do stories okay and, and, and i think said, that's true know, is it but, but way, wait that's isn't isn't that the way the, the guy became known isn't that what they do yeah, but Michael, don't you do you remember the food line story when ABC News? Uh, you know what? I, I only I remember it vaguely. I remember it yeah. vaguely, and I, yeah. I will take your word for it. I mean, undercover well, reporting, undercover reporting is is a tale as old as time. There's no doubt about that. Right. But yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you what. Just the reason I know about it is I'm from Salisbury, North Carolina, which is where Food Line is headquartered. So it was I a see. huge story back he, here at the time. Right. And that and, and on the diary, uh, the guy said there are no daddy issues in there. There are daddy issues in the diary, and I think you probably know what I'm talking about. No, I have no idea what you're talking. Look, I I think uh, thank you, David. Uh, and enough. I, I think you're you're not you, David. I think you are a crumb. If you would pilfer someone's possession in that environment and seek personal gain, that's it. That's my simple premise on this. Michael Smirconish. I read a story in the Washington Post about something I'd not been paying close attention to. Okay, because even I reach my limits. I'm like the Ashley Biden diary. Haven't paid attention to it. Eric Wemple catches my eye because he points out that there's a journalism ethics issue here and it's a little complicated. And truth be told, when I read in and I saw that it was actually the Fred Vopper case. You were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know this. I remember this. Frank right. Vopper from, from driving, you know, in Hazleton or Scranton or Wilkes-Barre. And he was this very acerbic, hard-charging, you know, straight out of the terrestrial AM playbook kind of a host. I'd never realized that he was responsible in his own way for establishing the parameters of needing to have clean hands. And for all of those reasons, I decided, let's have Eric on and learn more about this. Well, I, I don't know where the topics of the diary come from. I mean, I've seen salacious headlines, but I don't, I don't think that that's all been proven, et cetera, right? Like it's the things that they're dropping. to me. It's well, imma- well, but it's interesting. It's imma- it's, it, uh, okay. Look, I'm, I was perfectly happy to discuss and have discussed the the laptop. Well, I was issue. actually really glad you brought but that it's, up because that the, was interesting. It's the legality and the the where way is the line? Right, exactly. That interests me the most. Right. Okay. Okay. Are we done here? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Here we are. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for independent minds. <laughs>